Hello friends, and welcome back to Strange Places. I can't believe how well this podcast has been doing. Before we get into it, I want to thank everybody who's listened to it, everybody who's downloaded it. Um, I'm just floored by how well this podcast is doing. And um, it seems you guys really love this stuff as much as I do. And um, it's just, it's been awesome. I never thought that Strange Places would um, yeah, kind of outdo what I consider my quote-unquote day job podcast, the No Disclosure podcast. But uh, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's kicking butt right now, and I have you to thank. So I appreciate you guys coming back and listening every week. Now this podcast, as we always say at the top, is brought to you by Anchor and DistroKid. Today... We're going to be traveling to San Jose, California, where we're going to take a look at, as uh, evident by the title, the Winchester Mansion. Now, there's a haunted house in every city (laughs) or town, it seems like. Many communities have a haunted house that's either a local legend or one that's grown to become a true tourist must-see attraction, right? I think every time is a time for ghost stories, in my opinion. They're always fun. And although there's a few haunted locations where I personally grew up in Southern California, the Whaley House being one of them, which we'll definitely tackle on this podcast eventually, there's one house in California, excuse me, my throat's messed up today, that is said not only to be haunted, but whose decades-long construction was allegedly dictated by spirits themselves. Now, if you've ever traveled past San Jose, California, you may or may not have taken a tour of this place, the infamous Winchester Mystery House. We can't talk about the Winchester House without talking about somebody named Sarah Lockwood Pardee. Pardee. P-A-R-D-E-E. Pardee. The woman behind the Winchester Mystery House was herself shrouded in mystery during her life. And rumors about her continued way after she died. Still persist to this day. She was born in 1839 in uh, New Haven, Connecticut, to Leonard Party and Sarah Burns. In 1862, she married William Wirt Winchester, the son of Oliver Winchester. He was the owner of the, uh, the Winchester Repeating Arms Company and its eventual successor. Oliver Winchester... He died in December of 1880, so he left William in control of the company. But William's tenure as the head of Winchester Arms was temporary, as he actually died of tuberculosis, uh, let's see, yeah, only three months later. Having no descendants at all, Williams' wife Sarah inherited a huge fortune, as you can imagine, as well as 50% ownership of the gun manufacturing company which in turn left her with a considerable income, to say the least. What she did with all that money and what drove her to do it, that's the mystery. Now, the, the Winchester Arms Company, they, they started as a kind of a failing division of another gun manufacturer, which you're also probably aware of, Smith & Wesson. Uh, it was called the Volcanic Repeating Arms Company. 
<laughs> I kind of like that name. <laughs> I wish I would have kept that. Sarah's father-in-law, Oliver, he um, bought that division and eventually found financial success with the Henry Rifle. His company grew and was eventually renamed Winchester Repeating Arms Company. Repeating firearms were used to an extent during the Civil War, but they really boomed with civilians after the war. In fact, the Winchester 73, as an 1873 rifle, manufactured between 1873 and 1923, was so popular that it's still known as the gun that won the West. In all, about 720 to 750,000 Winchester 73s were manufactured. So quite the, um, quite the reputation. Now back to the Winchester Mansion. A little bit of background there I thought was necessary. After the death of her husband in 1881, Sarah Winchester headed west to California and she settled near San Jose. She purchased a farmhouse in 1884 and began elaborate renovations. Elaborate is hardly the word for it. And you'll, I'll, you'll figure out why in a minute. She continued the construction nonstop for 36 years until her death in 1922. Yeah. It was said that she was haunted by the ghosts of all the people killed by her company's Winchester rifles. She was obsessed to keep adding rooms to appease and house all of the angry spirits. It appears from newspaper accounts, which I'm actually looking at right now. I pulled up a lot of the original newspaper clippings. Her neighbors didn't dig her very much, as you can imagine. Think of the crappiest neighbor that you've ever had in your life, okay? <clears throat> and the yelling and the banging and all that stuff. Now imagine that neighbor um, renovating and building something for 36 years solid. That'd probably drive you insane. Uh, <laughs> you know, just imagine that. She wanted to be left alone. And her obsession with continuous house construction was, you know, it was just the bane of their existence. Can you imagine, you know, somebody doing constant, constant construction next door or whatever down the street for 36 solid years? That's... Madness. And naturally, what also came to be known as madness was when rumors began to circulate as to why she was doing what she was doing. A newspaper article from back in 1897 makes me wonder <laughs> if it was written by the newspaper or a really pissed off neighbor. It actually says, Mrs. Winchester is about 50 years of age. In business, she's shrewd and socially very exclusive. When she first went into the neighborhood, people in the vicinity dutifully called on her, but she never returned a call and seldom recognizes any of her neighbors. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. Maybe newspapers were different back then. Sarah Winchester's San Jose home was a constant home improvement project, to say the least. She never stopped adding to, demolishing, and enhancing the mansion. You know, like I said, rumors and assumptions about the eccentric, elusive woman were made about why she was constantly in a state of 
major renovation. Her, I guess you could say obsessive. Yeah, that's a good word for it, right? Construction was said to be influenced by her connection to the Winchester Repeating Arms Company and the many deaths caused by firearms like the Winchester 73. This explanation had a supernatural element to it, as you can imagine. Supposedly pronounced by a medium that proclaimed, when work of construction ends, disaster will result. You take that as it is. Later, the story that construction must never end would evolve to incorporate an assumption that Sarah believed her life would end as soon as the construction did. On the 5th of September, 1922, Sarah Winchester died at her grand, beautiful, sprawling, if not crazy-looking mansion. While today, she's depicted as a little cuckoo for building a home to appease spirits, that's not quite how she was remembered at her passing by those who were the closest to her. This we have to mention. One newspaper obituary documents her benevolent works, including funding the Connecticut State Hospital tubercular section that she's responsible for. She, she was responsible for the maintenance of hospitals and other institutions. You know, though she shied away from publicity, she did a lot of good things. And I think that needs to be said, because in a lot of these articles and a lot of these studies about the Winchester House, they don't mention that kind of shit. Her legal advisor and friend, Judge S.F. Lieb, is actually quoted as saying, Mrs. Winchester was all that a woman should be, and nothing that a good woman should not be. She would have disliked any notice of her good deeds, although there were many. If there is a heaven, there she must surely be. Of course, Sarah's death meant that stories about the reclusive woman took on a supernatural taint. As those stories grew to have life of their own after her death, printed stories about the home in Mrs. Winchester's mansion to appease the spirits include uh, one from 1930. And uh, a lot of them around that time that I'm seeing, actually. Not just that one, now that I look at it. These articles and stories got really, really popular especially since the buyers of Sarah Winchester's mansion began tours of it in 1923 and used the name Winchester Mystery House in the 1930s. Nice tag. This particular newspaper article calls it the House of 10,000 Ghosts. Ooh, a better tag. And uh, repeats a story that's still told today. And as uh, one paper from 1930 states, and I quote, a spiritualistic medium told her that she must build the house for the spirits who plagued her husband beyond the veil because their earthly bodies had been shot and killed by Winchester rifles. I've... Uh, I've always been a little spooked, honestly, by the story of Sarah Winchester and that house. I do, on the other hand, think she's been unfairly looked at. She's still ridiculed and judged, judged, you know, since most of what we know about her comes from gossip and not records or interviews from those who were close to her. I mean, nothing. The stories provided since the beginning of the Mystery House, tours have been embellished for the most part and added to as the years go by. There's just not a lot there. In researching for this, it was really difficult to find anything 
you know, any kind of like evidence of what, you know, actual hauntings and shit. In 18, let me get to this, okay? I think this matters here, if I may. In 1886, okay, Sarah left her East Coast home for California after experiencing the deaths of her only child, her husband, her father-in-law, mother-in-law, and older sister. While, like, crazy wealthy, her life was anything but charmed at that point. We have no idea what Sarah felt about guns or the money she received as a result of Winchester Arms. There was a biographer, Mary Jo Ignafo. She said that there's no proof that Winchester felt guilt over the deaths of those killed by the rifles or believed she was being haunted by their spirits. There's just nothing absolutely set in stone factual there. In fact, there's no proof she believed in spirits or ghosts at all. Most of what's been attributed to her being crazy, uh, most people say can be explained pretty easily. You know, furthermore, those closest to her tried to refute stories of her being crazy or the house being haunted, but no one wanted to hear the stories from those who knew her. No one wanted to hear the good stuff. They just wanted to believe a good, old-fashioned ghost story. While some thought Sarah was a bit mysterious, Ignafo's book, which you should check out, it's very interesting. I am almost done with it. <laughs> it demonstrates that there is information recorded in local record sources that kind of tell us the real story. At least that's what the book claims. And nothing had to do with any, nothing had to do with any supernatural you know, things about the house at all. But on the other hand, what gets me is the look of the place. And I'm kind of looking at uh, some of the, let's pull up some really good photos. I mean, yeah, I know she was, uh, for, based on facts, okay, what we actually can find out and research and know for sure, guaranteed, is that she was very wealthy, she was reclusive, maybe a bit eccentric, and... What gets me is, okay, you know, we have the haunting stories and that she was crazy and stuff like that and kept rearranging the house to appease the spirits and stuff like that. And then we have reports, you know, from people who knew her, very obscure, by the way, but there are they are there. And that's the only factual stuff we got is people saying that you know, on record, that's the only on record stuff that there is, period about how really awesome a person that she was. But still, now I'm not being judgmental, but the house, in my opinion, speaks for itself. There are stairs that go absolutely nowhere. There's bizarre-looking rooms with just no rhyme or reason to them. At all. Skylights indoors with no sky to go through the glass. You know, upside down looking uh, archways and stuff. At one, on the, I think it was the third floor. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. There's a doorway that goes to a sheer drop. Upstairs, there's just a doorway with nothing under it. Like I said, I don't want to be judgmental. 
but this looks like a house that was designed by somebody who was... Uh, I'm talking either Salvador Dali level artist <laughs> or, I gotta be honest, completely insane. One of the things that struck me the most was there's a window built into the floor in a section of the house. Just a, a window in the floor. This was... Uh, this design, like I said, is just... I, you gotta say it like it is, man. The house speaks for itself. In some places, this design is madness. And she was in charge of all of it. You know what I mean? The skylights and doors, these super narrow hallways that just have the odd stairs. And you gotta see some of these pictures. Upside down windows. A lot of things in this house just have zero rhyme or reason. Just strange. Now, did she suffer from some kind of a mental illness, as some suggest? Did she uh, keep renovating this place out of fear that if something uh, something ghastly would happen, if she stopped, then she just constantly needed to work on something? You know? Is the story true about the medium? Here's what bugs me. The only thing that I keep finding... As far, and I, I'm really looking, man. I really did my homework here. As far as like actual evidence, and I'm not going to pay attention to the TV shows and the ghost hunter stuff and all that. Those, they, those paranormal shows and stuff are probably legit. Probably. They're just a bit too theatrical for me, man. They got to get their, I just, I just, I don't trust what I see on television. I don't. I don't trust the news and I don't want to get all political on you. I don't do that. We don't do that here. But uh, I just, I, I have a hard time taking the word for anything that I hear on television. I just, I don't know. It's a little too, uh, you know what I mean? It's a little too theatrical for me. I don't really, uh, I don't trust these ghost hunter shows, man. I just don't. And uh, they're just, <laughs> a lot of them are just kind of, just kind of out there, you know, <laughs> at least for me. I just... I I tend to exclude that because these paranormal shows they 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 got to have watchers they got to have ratings. I'm not saying that's how it is, but um you know, these shows have been trouble in trouble for stuff like this before. I just I I don't trust them. When I look for evidence, I want to see some goddamn evidence. And with the Winchester house, I, the only quote-unquote evidence that I'm seeing of the actual hauntings and stuff like that, weird voices, disembodied footsteps, are all coming from 4chan and Reddit <laughs> and uh, obscure articles here and there. People telling stories. And I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I, I, I gotta, you know... and. I, I, I have to emphasize here, I'm, I'm not a judgmental person. I'm not. I just... Uh, I don't know, man. My, my bullshit radar just keeps going off, especially on Reddit. <laughs> I think most people there mean well, but they want to be a part of the mythos. You know what I mean? They want to be a part of that legend. And like I say in every episode, and I'll continue to say it every episode, people want certain things to be true so bad, so bad, 
that they either ignore what's obvious, right there staring them right in the face, right? We've done that. We've looked at photos and we've discussed certain kind of what I consider to be smoking gun things. And if you just look at them for what they fucking are and don't try to overanalyze and don't try to find things that aren't there. Don't try to explain things that aren't there. A lot of the times you'll actually end up proving these paranormal things. But dude, all I'm seeing are stories. That's it. But the house, I keep going back to that. I don't know her. Never met her. (laughs) She was before my time, boy. But she was in charge of the construction of the house. The constant, never-ending reconstruction of the house. And the way this place is laid out, the way some of these rooms look, and what I described isn't it, it just the tip of the iceberg. I'm not kidding you guys. I mean, this makes H.H. Holmes Hotel look like my fucking apartment. This layout, this design is sheer madness. It's crazy to look at. And you don't really see any rhyme or reason for it. As far as, you know, publicly. She wasn't an artist. She wasn't an architect. She wasn't this. She wasn't that. So, I, I don't know. Maybe, uh, did she have some kind of mental illness or something? Was she battling something herself? We got to look at where the stories came from. About the vengeful and angry spirits. All the spirits throughout history, you know, throughout the history. <laughs> All the spirits ever. Which apparently continue to this day. Everybody that's been killed by a... Uh, by a Winchester haunt this place. And then you have a story about the medium, that something horrible is going to happen if it ever stops. That's, I got to say, man, there's nothing solid there. It's all hearsay. The only thing I'm finding are newspaper articles, rumors, and bullshit. Now, granted, I haven't been to the Winchester house myself. (laughs) And... I'm sure that the air there is thick, right? I do. I'm sure that the place is really freaky. I'm sure that the place is weird. But I think a lot of that comes from a place's reputation. And the Winchester Mystery House has quite the reputation. It has quite the history. I hate to sound like a broken record, man, but I keep going back to the house. I mean, these photos are bizarre. So I think that she was, I don't know exactly what, but I think that Sarah was suffering from something, that she was trying to work out something in her own head. And there was a, obviously a bit of difficulty there. There's no rhyme or reason that the house was designed this way. I'm not seeing anything solid. I'm not seeing any actual evidence. I'm just seeing a bunch of old newspaper articles that were talking about, you know, upside down turrets and, you know, (laughs) a metallic American eagle with wings outstretched, you know, in bizarre places and just the just freakishly out of place architecture. Ooh, what's this article here? Yeah, it's just it's just it's weird. 
How many rooms does this house have? You can hear me clacking away, huh? Holy shit, 160 rooms? Okay, I didn't see that earlier. No freaking way. Wow. That's nuts. 160 room labyrinth style mansion. Wow, man. Extraordinary. Now, ever since the doors opened for tours in 1923, guests traveled from all over the world to marvel at this thing. While visiting the Winchester Mystery House, you'll probably have the opportunity to explore a lot of these must-see rooms out of 160, which includes a grand ballroom. Wow, that's pretty. That's neat. Uh, apparently, that's the most expensive room in the house. Construction costs more than nine grand, but this was back in the 1800s, which now would be about three and a half times the cost of a whole home. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Shakespeare inscribed windows. The witch's cap, often referred to as an important room by psychic medium. Ugh, I got a problem with mediums, man. I like evidence, dude. The witch's cap had its doors opened in 2017. Famous for its alleged paranormal activity in the odd shape. The witches, it's a creepy room, I'll give it that. Popular favorite amongst guests. Some staff members and guests have refused entry into this room, claiming a high amount of spiritual energy. Yeah? If I had a mansion that big, it's only smart, right? I mean, I hate to be that guy. But if you close off a certain room and say, hey man, things are pretty heavy up there, you're going to sell tickets like mad. <laughs> you are. By closing off certain areas and saying, ah... This place is a little too hairy right now. Spirits are pissed. You know what I mean? We got dining rooms. We got Sarah's bedroom. Which, um, you know, one legend says that Sarah felt the, uh, in the 1906 earthquake. And the spirits actually warned her about it before it happened. Lots of weird stuff about the bedroom. We have a seance room. Yeah, what many consider to be the heart of the mansion. The seance room was once the very private and off-limits room to everyone but Sarah Winchester herself. Legends, again, say that nearby residents heard the bell tower located outside of the seance room at midnight and again at 2 a.m. How spooky. Was this to summon and release spirits to communicate with them? There's one entrance to this room, three exits. One exit is through the entrance door, another goes to an eight-foot drop, <laughs> seriously, into the kitchen. And the final is a one-way door that resembles a secret passageway. Um, and just, it keeps going on and on and on. 160 rooms. Crazy. Is it legit? Is the Winchester Mystery House the real deal? Uh, too many legend, too many legends, not enough cock and balls. <laughs> Seriously. It's not enough there, man. There's not enough. All I see are these ancient newspaper articles that tend to sound like this anyway. <laughs> and then when you have something like the Winchester Mystery House, you know, your imaginations start flying. She was known to be reclusive and a little odd. 
And I think the way the house is designed is, I'll just say it like it is, without mincing words, or I'm just being honest. That house was designed by a madman, a mad woman. It is. And we don't, she's never, she never explained in her lifetime why the hell she renovated it that way. 36 years of constantly changing things to the house. And it doesn't, it, some people argue that some of the rooms look like they were in the process of becoming other things. And then she would stop and get distracted and go to another place and another place. But come on, six kitchens, 10,000 window panes, 2,000 doors, 52 skylights, 40 bedrooms, 40 staircases, 13 bathrooms. I know it's a mansion, but damn. And a lot of these rooms make zero sense. They just don't make any sense. It is the project of somebody who, it just appears this way. I didn't know. I didn't know her, obviously. But it appears to me, just by looking at it, just at face value, this house was constantly built upon and renovated by somebody who did not live in reality. It's it's madness. Now, the stories about paranormal activity, all I'm seeing are just other accounts written by other people. I can't believe those. I just can't. I refuse to accept any evidence of TV shows and shit like that. I just, I don't count it. Why? It's all a bit hokey to me. It is. The shows are silly. They're fun to watch. I mean, it's great entertainment. They are fun. But they have mediums in there. And I'm not discounting psychic ability. I'm not. It's just, it's played up so much, man. It is. And, you know, just my, my bullshit radar just goes off. <laughs> it lights up like a Christmas tree. That's just a first instinct. That's just how I think, you know. You might be different, and that's cool. There's not enough there. There's just not. And unless I see, if unless I go to Winchester and I see a full-blown apparition checking out a bookshelf and then turn into a purple kind of crazy gorilla-looking thing, with <laughs> yeah, you know, and books start flying off the shelves and I can scoop up ectoplasm in a plastic cup, then I'm going to chalk it up to psychosomatic. The heaviness of the place and the strangeness of the place, how well it's marketed, the rumors, the history, that can do a lot to you, man, if these stories are even true in the first place. Everybody wants to be a part of a legend like this. I'm not saying everybody's lying. I'm not. I'm saying that when you're in a place like this and you're keyed up and you're freaked out, I think your mind could really mess with you, man. I really, really do. I've been to some places that I myself am convinced that there was something really strange going on there, as in paranormal. And there's some places that my, at the time, you know, being there, I'm just like, man, there's something really freaky about this place. This is the real deal. And then... The more it goes on and the more time I spend in the place, certain places that I've been, I'm just like, oh, man, this is, I think it's just all the, all the power of suggestion all over, all around me. 
I'm going to debunk this one, man. I really am. I know a lot of <laughs> get out your torches and pitchforks. A lot of people are going to be pissed at me for debunking this one. <laughs> because we want the Winchester house to be real, right? We do. But I cannot flat out come out and say that something is legit when I'm seeing nothing but legends and rumors and nothing quoted, nothing on paper. All I'm seeing is 4chan and Reddit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And these damn TV shows. That, 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 that's all I'm seeing. But what do you think about the Winchester Mystery House? Let me know. Do you differ with me? Go ahead and send me a message, man. Follow. Look at the uh, little description on the show there. I'll tell you how to get a hold of me. Go to my website, Asylum817.com. That's Asylum817.com. Drop me a message. Let me know if I left out that one crucial piece of information that could have blew this whole thing up. That smoking gun deal. Did I miss it? Did I overlook it? Did I not see it at all? Let me know. And uh, thanks for listening. I really appreciate you guys keep coming back and uh, listening to all this uh, creepy stuff, which I love. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the scary is the chewy center of our intellectual chocolate, right? That's what I've always believed. And people who outwardly shun scary things, creepy things, I think behind closed doors are the most depraved of them all. Thank you for taking this ride with me. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, check out our Patreon account. For as little as a dollar a month, man, you'll be really helping this this thing out. Donald Haynes, David Peterson, the Kunkel Homestead YouTube channel. Thank you guys for being patrons and making this thing go. You will get your early access, <laughs> which is one of the many things you get if you check out our Patreon, uh, which is just uh, patreon.com slash asylum817. That's it. Patreon.com slash asylum817. So, guys, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, just got to ask the obvious question, right? Are we ever going to run out of strange places and things to talk about? I don't think so. Because every town has a strange place, and maybe one day... We'll visit yours. The Strange Places podcast is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is the place for an independent or unsigned musician to get their music on every streaming platform imaginable. If you want your music out there for the world to hear, look no further. See, I'm picky with sponsors. If someone contacts me to be a part of this thing, I want it to be a company and a product that I actually use myself on a regular basis. All of my albums and singles that I've ever released have been through DistroKid, so believe me when I tell you they are the real deal. I've been a musician for a long time, and when I say that DistroKid gives you 100% of your royalties, I still feel like I need to pinch myself. The industry does not work that way. For only 20 bucks a year, yeah, you heard me right, 20 bucks a year, you can upload unlimited music you made and get it out everywhere people stream music. My albums are worldwide, yours should be too. By going to the link provided in this episode's description, you get 7% off the first year of the already insane measly 20 bucks a year. You'll be supporting the show and getting your music heard, so check out the affiliate link in this episode's description. Thanks, DistroKid, for being a part of Strange Places. 
and for giving this old dog an audience. <laughs>